Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. So, basically, today's Gospel is the actual sermon. So I don't really think there's very much to add. It really was the sermon for today. And so what we'll do, we'll just focus on one question and then we're going to sort of recap the gospel because it really is, is the sermon. The question is, is what is the reality of the words today that we read in our life? That's the only question that we want to think about. What is the reality of these words in our life? Because reality is something that matters very much to God. The actual living of His life in us matters very much. If you can, I won't make you, only if you want to, you can close your eyes while you picture what's actually happening when the Lord Jesus speaks here. This is something that he said in the Gospel of Matthew, actually, which highlights the importance of reality. What is the reality of God's word in my life? And where does that reality lead me to? So if you so wish, you may close your eyes and imagine this scene. If you don't want to, you don't have to. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and the holy angels with him. Then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. This is why reality matters. Because at the end of the day, it will never come down to superficial sort of allegiance or commitment to the Lord. On the last day, you hear what the Lord says, I was this, 
you did this. Reality. I was hungry, you fed me. That's, that's reality, real, not just talk. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. You did that really in real life. The Lord Jesus said something really powerful one time. He said, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Everything we're doing today, everything we're doing, if we achieved it, if we actually achieved it, it wasn't just a goal that we had, but imagine we achieved it. If we did achieve it, and yet we lost our soul, what profit was it? That's exactly what the Lord is asking. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? And the correct answer, of course, in what will a man give in exchange for his soul is nothing. The correct answer is always nothing. There's nothing I would give in exchange for my soul. I want to live with the Lord forever. So we'll just examine the gospel today and ask the very simple question of what is the reality of it in my life? Because the gospel today is delicious. It's so like, it's scrumptious. If everybody, this is actually the recipe for world peace, to be honest, actually the gospel for today. In any case, let's just see if we can not even go for world peace today. We'll go for family peace today. Let's see if we do this even in our own families or amongst our friends. Verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. The Lord Jesus said, do good to those who hate you. So imagine someone you know hates you or that doesn't like you very much. The Lord Jesus is saying, do something good for them. Think of them, now do something good for them. When was the last time I deliberately did something good for someone who I knew hated me? Verse 28, bless those who curse you. Have you ever been on the road and someone said hello? When was the last time we said a prayer for somebody who swore at us while they were in their car? You know, they swore at you, they beeped you, and you in return... May God grant you 50% off every time you go shopping. Bless that man, Lord. Bless that woman. It's funny, but it's actually not a joke. <laughs> it's actually the, it's, it's a command. Bless those who curse you. We try to remember that the next time someone curses us, to actually pray for them and bless them. May the way of Jesus never be out of fashion for us. 
May it never be a joke for us. His way is life. Verse 35. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the highest. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Think of someone who's evil. Think of someone who's muftari, who's unthankful, ungrateful. How does God deal with them? The Lord Jesus tells us that he is kind to the unthankful and evil. He is kind to them. Verse 36, be merciful just as your Father in heaven is merciful. Having someone wrong you is one of the best things that can happen for your spiritual life. Because it's actually a chance to show mercy to somebody. And you know what the reward is for those who show mercy to other people? It is that the Lord will have mercy on you in return. The gospel says today, forgive and you will be forgiven. It's an opportunity. Did somebody wrong you? God, this is good. I get to show this person mercy and guess what, God? You're gonna do the same for me. You know me, the sinner guy? I'm gonna receive your mercy, watch this. And then you go and you show mercy to someone. God's promise is that you will also receive mercy. How do we do all of this? It's to do what the Psalm says. The Psalm says to seek God, to seek God. Because none of this stuff is actually possible on our own strength. Is it possible to love an enemy? Is it possible really to pray for someone who just swore at me and blessed them? Is that all possible to be kind to unthankful people and evil people? With God it is. And this is all we ask for today, is that when we are doing all of these things, it's not us, it's, it's God in us. And that's why the example of the vine and the branches is so important. Jesus said something very nice one time. So he said, um, I am the vine. So you can imagine that this uh, microphone stand is the vine. Jesus says, that is who I am. And then imagine the cross is a branch. So the only way that the branch lives is actually from the life of the vine itself. And so when we are able to show mercy and forgive and do all that the Lord Jesus tells us, it's not because we're doing it by ourselves. because if we're outside of the vine, the branch, it withers away. It'll be like this cross, piece of khashab, it's dead. But when we're in him, then we can do everything that comes from his life. So when he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. So if the life of Christ is in me, I'm also to say to someone who has wronged me, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. It's the life of Jesus in us. It's almost like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing justice to it. It's actually, actually the life of Jesus in us, like his actual life in us. 
It is God himself who is in us. God actually wants to live his actual life in you, his actual life. It's, I can't explain it more than that. It's crazy, almost. It's hard to explain. But it's not, he just gives me power. He gives me energy. No, it's, he is the vine. He's the, the only way this has life is from the actual life of the vine. His actual life, he wants to live inside of every one of us. Actually, yeah. Glory be to God forever, amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.